the thing with the entrepreneur, the business owner, you always need to have the answer. So your guys screw up on site, you're going to be paying for it and like fixing it to deal with it. You, you can't really say to a client, you know, I don't know what to do. You do need to have a level of, uh, you know, professionalism and, and get stuff done. When you're an employee working in a company, you can generally have someone else deal with something. Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. What is going on, everybody? It is Bobby Walker here with Journey of a New Entrepreneur. As I'm talking, I'm trying to put my computer on Do Not Disturb because I'm getting notifications in the middle of my intro and it's distracting me, but I think I have that taken care of. So anyway, thank you for joining me on another amazing episode, if I say so myself, of the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, where we kind of talk like all things life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, pursuing your dreams, and occasionally we talk with a cool Canadian. And I've got a very special Canadian on with me today. So we got Dave Mormon. What's up, Dave? How you doing, bro? What's going on, Bobby? Thanks for having me on, uh, brother, representing Canada here. Yeah, well, so before we, I, I got a couple little things I got to say on some housekeeping, but I just think it's cool <clears throat> for anyone that maybe hasn't been listening from the beginning. Now my dog is trying to kill a cat out this, the thing. I'm trying to get him to be quiet. Be quiet. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, before we get, uh, before I get into all that though, you were the second episode of my podcast and we had a great conversation, had a lot of fun. And I was actually really excited to have you on. I had actually heard you on another podcast a long time ago. And I thought, I like this dude. I like what he's doing. And then we talked, I don't even remember if we talked before we recorded much or if it was all after, but I would say we've become pretty good Facebook buddies, right? I mean, we don't, unfortunately, we're not hanging out having drinks all the time, but, but I think we're kindred spirits and, and we've had a good relationship. And I thought, I took that episode down though. It had really bad audio. I took about five or six of my early, early episodes down just because like the audio was horrendous. And back then I was in the, the mode of like imperfect action. Let's just get it done. Cause if I wait for it to be perfect, it'll never happen. And now it's like, I've got enough of a catalog. I removed a few things and I need to get some people back on to take care of it. So I'm glad you're here and I can't wait to find out what's been going on. Uh, over the last little bit. But before we get into that, let me take a sip from my, uh, what, what is this guy called? Kermit the hey Frog. Hey man, Kermit the Frog. That's yeah, awesome. My, my Kermit the Frog mug here. Hold on. I was going to say too, um, Bobby, that I, I <laughs> contributed a little bit in that too. You told me to find a nice quiet spot and I picked the busiest Starbucks in town for our first <laughs> recording. So it wasn't quite the best fit. Well, I, we've both learned a few things since then, so <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. move on. Well, before we get going any further, actually, this kind of kind of a cool segue. The last time Dave and I, the first time, first and last time Dave and I actually ever met in person was at ResponsaCon back in January. And if, if you don't know what ResponsaCon is, it's the premier, uh, the ultimate sales conference for the service industry. It's basically three days full of nonstop speakers all throughout the day uh, talking on any and everything marketing and sales. 
uh, it was really awesome. And then they had breakout sessions where you could get together and work on uh, all kinds of stuff. It's sponsored by Responsibid. So of course, if you have Responsibid, it helps you set that stuff up too. But it was, it was a really cool thing. And, um, and unfortunately, just because of our schedules, we actually didn't get to hang out as much as I, as I wanted to. But, uh, but speaking of Responsibid, you guys know it's the sponsor of the show. I love them. I've been using them for a long, long, long time. And you should be too. And here's the deal. I'm just going to make this one short and sweet, guys. Responsibid makes it easier for you to make more money with less effort. It's as simple as that. Okay. It does all kinds of cool stuff. You can put it on your website. It can give you quotes. You can use it for in-person quotes. You use it for your follow-up. You can use it to trigger postcards through SendGym and, and voicemails and all this, all kinds of cool things. It does all this amazing stuff. But at the end of the day, it makes you more money with less effort. I can't recommend it enough. I use it in my business every stinking day. And you should check it out. Journey of a new entrepreneur listeners get a free month of service. No one else gets it. Only my listeners get an additional free month of service. If you go to jnebid.com, okay? So that's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, B-I-D, like response bid.com. Go to jnebid.com. You get a free trial, an additional free month. If you're in a listener of mine using that link, you just can't lose. And honestly, they're on fire. I have been getting a crap ton of people that have been signing up through my link lately. It's awesome. Thank you for those of you that used it. But guys, don't miss out. We're, we're ramping back up. The economy's you know, trying to recover. Uh, don't lose things. Don't let stuff fall through the cracks and responsibility helps you with that. So that is that. Dave, two guys, I'm going to try to relax. It's been a long day, man. Like the, the, the world is crazy. I had to be out in the field today. I, I don't know if you can see, tell my face, but I, I look like someone colored got some sun. a Sharpie. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been at the beach for the last couple of weeks, plus working out in the sun a little bit. I looking pretty sexy. If I say so myself, I uh, got this awesome beard going, but uh, now I'm a little tired. I'm a little wore out. I'm drinking some coffee. I'm trying to have some energy here. How the hell are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm joining you on the coffee front too. I uh, just zipped out and yeah. uh, picked this up before our chat and uh, I wanted to settle in and, and get caffeinated with you. Cool. Cool. Well, listen, let's give, you know what? I'm going to give your brief synopsis because I want you to talk about stuff that happened since the last episode. Okay. So, so normally I would say, give me, you know, the little synopsis. I'm going to do that. Okay. And then you correct anywhere I'm wrong. Short, short version of the story with Dave. Uh, when he was in college, he started a painting company. He, he uh, uh, took a franchise, you know, opportunity, starting a painting company doing, I think, mostly residential uh, painting for the most part. Uh, yep. I assumed it was mostly interior, but I'm not sure about that. Um, kind, maybe, kind, of a split, kind of split. Okay, yeah, half and half, yeah. You, you got it residential painting and um had a great deal of success with it i uh, grew it to a, to a pretty good amount of uh, top line revenue and i know dave i know uh, he runs his businesses better than me so i bet you he had some pretty good bottom line revenue on top of that so um and both matter both matter guys but uh the uh but he was doing that and kind of got to a point where it was like you know what i think i'm ready to do something different and uh, i uh so he was he kept the painting company going he started a, an exterior cleaning company, which is probably a lot of synergy between that and your painting company. And it's called Revive Washing. And here's the cool thing about Revive. It does 
um, all, all types of exterior cleaning plus window cleaning. Um, I think roofs, definitely house washes, pressure washing, and, and window cleaning. But when Dave started Revive, and actually the cool thing about Dave, who just completely off the record and or not off the beaten path here, has nothing to do with what I'm saying, much bigger guy in person too. Everyone says about me, I thought Dave was going to be a smaller guy. And I'm like, oh my God, he's like up here with me. He's a big, big, big dude. He's just so nice. You don't expect nice guys to be that big. But, but when Dave, speaking of being nice, when Dave started this company, um, Revive Washing, it, it's not you know, just reviving your home, but uh, a percentage of all of the revenue, or I, I don't actually know exactly how Dave does it, but I know that the company was built with the purpose to help uh, people in some third world countries, uh, you know, in a country, I'm not sure, but some, some people less fortunate than us get um, clean drinking water. So when he started the company, it wasn't just, hey, I'm doing this thing for me, but I, uh, I want to help some other people out as well. And before I ever met him or knew who he was, I actually saw a couple of his videos online where he was talking about that. And I thought, that's a pretty cool dude. I like this guy. So, uh-oh, can you hear me, Dave? I'm having a couple of issues on my end here. Yeah, we're okay, still, cool, cool. still good. So, yep. and, and up to that point, that's what we talked about on the first podcast. And, and your paint company had a handful, you know, I don't know, half a dozen or so painters, I think that worked for it. And you had an office manager. Um, and then your, uh, your exterior cleaning company, I think at the time when you and I talked, I think maybe you had like, you know, somewhere between two and four employees or something like that. And you were kind of ramping it up and you were a little more hands-on at the time. So I'm curious to see what all has happened from then till now. So now I'll shut up. Dave, what is going on? What ha what's happened? Because I started this podcast about two years ago ish. So what what's been going yeah. on the last couple of years? Yeah, man, that's a heck of an intro. Um, you pretty much nailed it on on all the details. Um, I'll just kind of fill in some of the cracks for you since we chatted two years ago. So um, yeah, Revive started in uh, in 2016, and so we've just turned four years old here. Um, and been learning a lot and been growing a lot as we've been going forward here. Um, I'll say off the top, it did take me longer than I thought to, to transition out of painting into, into cleaning. Oh, and yeah. everybody asked me, you know, why, why didn't you just keep both going? And the big kind of why behind that was the painting kind of got to a point um, where it was running good. I was making good money, but it was ultimately in a franchise. So every job I'm doing, I'm paying X percent to the franchise or that it just wasn't a, a business model that I really saw scale in or something that I really wanted to, to keep doing. So um, that's really why Revive started up as a completely separate company, but I had to run both companies simultaneously for three years because um, as Revive started for three years, I didn't take a paycheck out of the washing company, just left the money in, kept investing, and Bobby, you know exactly how it is, man. You're yep. buying the soft wash truck, you're getting uniforms, truck breaks down, it's marketing, expensive. exactly. It's just burns cash to start up. It's just a little little baby starting to walk. So yep. this is 2020, the first year uh, I shed the painting business uh, the start of this year, and it's my first year now just going full bore, just the cleaning companies. So. Um, and then COVID happened two months into yeah. the journey, but that's just, that's just how life goes. So. And COVID happened probably right when your season was starting because you, you guys are pretty seasonal up where you're at. Yep. 
Exactly, yeah. man. Yep. So, um, but yeah, the, the big why, um, the word revive literally means to bring life to. So um, what I kind of getting a little bored into my backstory, I had started backpacking five years ago. I had traveled through Southeast Asia and it came on a motorcycle tour in Vietnam where I saw a community that didn't have clean drinking water. And, and my guide was educating on me, educating to me how much of a problem this is. Got back home, started um, an organization with a friend of mine actually called Party for a Purpose, where we would host parties on New Year's Eve. Um, and I think our biggest party, we had almost 400 young adults come out to party at New Year's Eve, uh, charge them $45 per ticket. Um, and raised enough to to raise money for water wells. So that got me thinking, wow. you know, how can I use my my business sense with uh, this this passion inside of me for for bringing clean water to people? Um, and that's what Revive got basically born out of in in like I said four years ago now in in May. Wow. Um, so the the thing I've learned through this this water crisis that people who don't have clean water is is it's not difficult to get these people water. Um, there's organizations that exist, and we're partnered with one called Hope International. But where the bottleneck really is is in the funding. Um, Hope works with local communities to build the water wells. Uh, it doesn't take super long to make, but each well needs about fifteen hundred dollars. Um, behind it of funding to to make that well um, come to life. So um, what I decided from day one with Revive, we were going to donate 3% of every single job off the top line. So it's not profits, it's revenue. So oh, wow. every, hundred, every hundred grand we produce, that's two water wells. So um, our whole team knows that. And um, you know how it goes uh, with cash flow in our season that sometimes you're thinking, okay, that's a big amount and especially as we're growing to it it adds up but um it is something that i feel really strongly about and i think i'm put on earth to basically marry a profitable business with with a, a cause that i really care about and rather than starting a non-profit or just a business to pump cash i think there's a a nice little middle ground that we're kind of camped out in um so yeah it's been been fun and, and not to brag, but um, we've just sponsored now our 16th and 17th well um, this oh last month. God. So um, yeah, it's been been a lot of fun and it's something, I probably have a client email or call us every week that says, you know, I found out you guys do this, um, put me on the schedule, you know, apples to apples, you know, your price is similar, <laughs> I'm getting what I'm getting, I'd like to go with a company that, you know, does something, some change in the world. That's cool, man. Well, that's one of the reasons I have such a great deal of respect for you. I, I love, um, I, I'm, I'm doing some small things to try to be more, you know, active and, and giving myself, you know, and, uh, probably not as much as I need to be doing, but I definitely respect the hell out of you and, and appreciate what you're doing for, uh, for us, right. For our people. So that's, that's cool. Um, I think I think one thing too, Bob, is that I when I started, I didn't know is our clients are, you know, our service area, if you're going to hire a service company in our, our real estate market, these houses are worth a lot of money, you know, one, two million, three million dollars. These people are affluent, well to do. If you can bring awareness to these people and, and through a brand show them 
you know, you get your house cleaned, yes, but beyond that, um, you can actually do something greater and, and help partner with us to bring clean water to people who you'll never meet, but um, it does definitely, I think, make a deeper why in your company and, and our clients are, are, I didn't think they'd be this stoked as they are um, four years in now. They're, they really see it as a partnership. They can, mm -hmm. you know, it's a win-win for everybody. So it's, now you're in your fourth year, right? Yep. You, I think yep. you're, I think you're exterior cleaning. I think we started at the same time, like really, really close to the same time uh, with mm -hmm. our, you know, your pressure washing company in mind. So, um, well, speaking of why I want to kind of go back to a different why for a second, if you don't mind. Um, and you touched on this on why you switched from, uh, you know, doing the painting company over to, the pressure washing company or, or soft washing, whatever you guys yep. refer to it as. Um, so you, you, the, was the main catalyst or was the only reason because all the revenue you were doing there was you had to give a big percentage of it back to that franchise. Like if it wasn't a franchise, do you think you'd still be doing it to this day? I think the franchise was one with the royalty. And then two, I think I wanted to just, the franchiser was good. Like it wasn't any bad blood or anything, but just, came to a point, I think just deep inside of me, I really wanted to create my own brand that actually stood for something yeah. different. And, you know, even our logo is the shape of a clean water drop. It, everything about it speaks to what, what we're doing on a deeper level. So uh, I think the brand was a big one. Um, the, the franchise uh, fee. And then the third one um, would be uh, the cleaning business is very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Recurring revenue. Um, you don't, you don't really have that in painting. Yeah. Um, we, we would do these paint jobs for seven, eight, $10,000. The client would be over the moon, Google review, but then it's like, okay, if you did a good job, we're probably not going to see you for 10 years. And it's yeah. just that lifetime value of a customer was just there on one day and then they were gone. Um, where with the cleaning, it's a lot more of a relationship and, and that's more of a, business model I think that excites me more than just kind of the one-off yeah. um, paint jobs yeah talk about that let's let's I know some most of the listeners are going to know but there's going to be some people that are finding this show and they're you know looking at just starting a service business or they're thinking of business ideas talk about uh, what lifetime value means to someone that may not understand yeah so I'll I'll just it's so funny I'll, I have a sheet here this morning I was talking with David my office manager so we went through our our top 40 clients and what I found was over we call them a VIP client if they've given us money three times and what I've learned in my reading is if if a client gives you money three times they're incredibly sticky and loyal to your brand so hmm. once we have them one two three it's kind of on us to really screw something up for them to go searching around in, in, in the marketplace for another quote. So what I learned was we have this tribe of 40 VIP clients that cumulatively, cumulatively have paid us $107,000 over the last three seasons. So um, each one has averaged out paying us $900 every year. And we're only, you know, three to four years in of yeah. servicing them. So the lifetime value customer says, how long can you service this client and what is the value they're worth to your business? So I would say in soft washing, cleaning that um, we're both in Bobby, I would say there could be clients that are worth 10, 15, 20, 
over over the yeah. lifespan. You know, one year you do the roof, then you're going to do the house, then they want their gutters on a program, then um, maybe they want their driveway sealed, and then maybe they want your Christ their Christmas lights up in the winter. It's kind of how can you get that that lifetime value of that customer? And then the math says if, if this customer is worth ten grand, well you can spend a, probably a lot more than you think to acquire that customer because over the long run, yeah. you're going to win. And that I'm kind of butchering the explanation, but the best well, thing no, you're nailing, read, You're going a little in depth, but you're, you're nailing it. But yeah, you're going a little deep. I like it. Yeah, I, I would honestly refer all the listeners to read. Um, the, it's a book called The Automatic Customer. I mm -hmm. think the author's name is John Warlow. I've read it a handful of times and that will really frame up your mindset to what, what we're talking about here. You don't want just the one-off transaction. You want that relationship over the lifetime. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So to and so if we were just going to sum that up, the lifetime value is basically how much that customer is going to give you over the period of their lifetime of service with you. So you don't necessarily look at a customer as, you know, their value only being worth that initial uh, job you do for them. But if you're doing a good job, you're going to keep uh, X percent of your customers coming back to you each year. And if you're doing a really good job, they're going to come back to you year over year over year. So if they spend, you know, $500 with you the first time, the argument could be made. They maybe do that every time. So over 10 years, they're worth, five grand, you know, something like that. So that's, that's good yep. stuff. So that's, so that, you know, you had a handful of motivators to, uh, to, to leave the paint company, but that was definitely a big one. You wanted to do your own brand yeah. your own thing. And, and then it doesn't hurt to not pay that royalty fee on top of it either. I'm sure. And, and the fourth one too, Bobby, it would be right up there with the other three is um, on a paint job. I, I would estimate 40, 40 to 50 things could go wrong. If that's the sheen, um, the color, the cut lines, the prep, the paint dry time, the peeling, I can go on and on with the other 37, but yeah. with cleaning, it's either it's clean or it's not. You fried my plants with, with detergent yeah. or you did or not. And you hurt something it, or you didn't. Yeah. Like are we <laughs> two, two green lights or green light, red light? It's I'm a, I'm a very simple guy. Um, I like things very laid out. I'm very systems driven and I, it's tough to scale a painting company given all the varying degrees of different things. And so um, now that I've done you know, a career almost in painting and now I'm new to, to washing, I think it's a better business model. I think you're running around the bases, hitting singles, and that's okay rather than the home run because yeah. you, get, you get more at-bats when you hit singles and you just keep going. So I think that's, that's the beauty of the cleaning business. Good stuff. Good stuff. The um, so you've done a, an excellent job growing your companies. What do you think? Uh, I'll I'll lead in. You know, given my my two cents on this, just so you kind of know the perspective in which I'm coming from. I'm not looking for you to necessarily echo what I'm saying, but uh, so the question would be, what are some um, what are some foundational things when guys are getting a home service company off the ground that uh, they need to focus on or, and what are some things that maybe they don't need to focus on? And I don't think I will give examples. I think that was a clear question and you probably understand it. Yeah. I love it, man. My biggest one, and, and this probably gets echoed through uh, Josh Latimer's training, who I know we're both quite fond of and yep. helped us both in our journey, getting, getting up and going. But 
I think a lot of guys will overemphasize the importance of the shiniest, newest equipment. Um, you know, Josh calls it, I think, the technical perfection deception. Something, yep. something to that degree. By the but way, you just I, made everybody take three shots because there's a J&E yeah. drinking game. And it's if you say Josh Latimer, something about a duck, response a bid. I think there's a couple of others. So yeah. you, you just got some guys pretty drunk in like a very well, short Well, that's good. <laughs> They'll probably like our talk better than yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, the, the biggest, that'd be probably number one is really, you know, if, I'm a big fan of starting up with bootstrapping and I don't think you need an angel investment of a huge sum of, I mean, maybe you do if you want to grow really quick, but for the average person at home, uh, I don't think you need a, a huge amount of money to get started. So I would say bootstrap, I would say put your money into direct response marketing. If you're going to put $10 in, where could I get a hundred dollar return? Um, so I think the biggest thing is getting, getting this phone to ring right here because you can make your Facebook page or Instagram page, have a shiny truck in your driveway. But if nobody knows about you, um, you're not going to get anywhere. So those first two, three, four years, we're still very much in it now. It's, it's boots on the ground. It's, it's action every day. Are you door knocking? You know, I was out today in our community, I got to the office I put up a bunch of signs in our neighborhood um, you know just always thinking how can we get get that phone to ring so that would be number one be pretty cautious with your resources when we got started it was pre-owned everything um, our our bands still are not fancy we buy pre-owned we take it to the, the outfit down the street yep. we drop 2200 bucks wrap the whole thing um, pays for itself in branding and you can, with a vehicle wrap, as long as that vehicle is sound, we get it checked out by a mechanic. If it's sound, um, putting a wrap on that will take 15 years off its life. It's like giving it a facelift. So yeah. we, we buy, you know, 10, sometimes 15 years old for a vehicle. As long as it's sound, low kilometers, put a wrap on it, roof rack, and we're, we're good to go with cleaning. So um, that would be be one piece of advice the second one i'd say that i'm still learning is really be a student of your numbers um mm. you see you watch your bank account it's like a roller coaster first thing i'd say is if you're starting separate your personal expenses from your business yeah. don't have any don't have any commingling of funds get get a good bookkeeper um and get all that sorted because um it's going to get messy real quick but i would say learn what you need to be charging. We're really focusing on our per man hour, what we need to be charging per man hour out in the field and then cost everything, your chemical, your gas, your uniforms, your marketing, everything. Um, Cause you got to know if you're making money, the biggest mistake that happens in home services is people say, you know, we did 200 grand and I made 80 grand of profit and you, and well did you take a salary out of that no i didn't okay well what would i need to pay a manager yeah. you know it's it yeah. just every everybody you make 80 old. grand of profit you may have you may have had 80 grand of income but in the business that's it's funny you say that and and as i'm interrupting you which i'm gonna be honest i've been really good at not interrupting on this episode and as you're I'll talking say. I'm like, man, I'm really proud of myself. So I, I, I deserve one right now. But, uh, but that, that's something that I'll, I always get a kick out of is, you know, people will, will say that. And it's like, no, you didn't profit that much. 
And, and I think the reason it bugs me, if I'm just being honest, if I'm being completely honest, is because like when I will talk about some of my numbers, uh, I don't talk about as much anymore as we're, you know, we've gotten a little bigger, but um, you know, uh, coming into this year, you know, I had a pretty small net that I was looking at with my plan. It was really small. And I don't even want to say it. It was so small, but I would say, yeah, we're going to be at this percent, you know, on net. And someone would be like, you're only going to make this much. And I'm like, no, that's not what I said. I said the company was going to net that I still get a salary over here and so on and so forth. But you know, our net was going to be there because we were going pretty aggressive with our, um, with our marketing and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But, um, so leave me alone guys, leave me alone. Just cause my profit may not be where you think it should be. I'm doing okay. I got a plan. I'm working it. But anyway, carry on. I'll, I won't interrupt again for one minute. No, man. I think you're, can you still hear me? Okay. Yep. I wonder yep. your buds just give me some troubles just charging it. But um, yeah, you're, you're bang on, man. I think it just people over overstate the profit they make when they actually, we need to take out a fair market salary for a manager in that position. And then we need to value the business. Um, Why? Tell me, so you just explained what very well. Yep. Why is that important? I think the reason it's important is because if you ever want to sell your business one day, in a savvy investor is looking for somewhere where they can get a return. And when you're working in your business, yes, we're building our goals and our dreams and our destiny. And that's good for us, the business owner. But to an investor, they don't want to be signing up to be working you know, 62 and a half hours every week in the business. Um, so that's, I think you need to step back and value it as an investor. Where can I get the best return? Uh, and, and, and investments not attractive to an investor if, if they're literally just buying a job. Yeah. A lot of small businesses are glorified jobs. Yep. And I'd even say mine right now for what I'm doing in the company and what I pay myself, it is a glorified job. Yep. Same here. But, in three years, four years, five years, we sit on for another podcast. I'm, I'm much more hopeful that we're heading towards mm -hmm. the way we're uh, in, a, in more automation. So yeah. I think that's why. I, th I think I can be there. Ex I'm extremely conservatively. I think I can be there in three years. I honestly think I can be there in two. Um, <laughs> the uh and depending on some goals with the size of the company i think i could even beat that but i have some growth goals that would that are going to kind of prevent me from doing it sooner but you know like as it stands today which it's a little less uh, it, it wasn't because of covid but it was about a week before you know this whole coronavirus thing happened i had fired my admin and i started recruiting right away and then covid hit and i'm like i think i'm going to hold off on that expense for a little bit but um but even with my admin gone, with the, with the actual computer systems that we have in the business, as well as the training and uh, technician systems and stuff that we have in place, um, you know, I can spend a lot of time at a cigar bar or a theme park or a beach, you know, if they're open, um, even at this stage in my business. But I can't do it for extended period. Like, I can't be unavailable, but I can still be, you know, doing those things, but I'm not fully yep. hands off yet, you know. Yeah, you have, I think you have time freedom, but not necessarily responsibility freedom. Yeah. That's what I feel too. You know, I can go take a longer lunch or go do whatever, but you still, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you're not attentive to your phone to, to deal with things. And that's, I think, 
we're in similar roles of kind of that general manager, kind of yeah. call it whatever you like, but still there are decisions that run through you, which is totally fine um, place to be in. You're familiar. All right, guys, get ready to take another drink. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to give you a two for responsibility. Uh, but you remember Josh Latimer, uh, he talks about the five stages of business uh, growth. So for yep. the listeners, um, this is actually a pretty cool, cool thing that, uh, Josh put together over the years, just doing a lot of coaching. And he said, you know, after doing a lot of coaching, he discovered that there's kind of five distinct, uh, five distinct, uh, stages of, of business growth. And before I start going down these stages, guys, it's important that you, you don't set your goal to achieve the next stage. What you do is you want to continue with your healthy growth. And as you do that, you'll tend to resemble these stages. Okay. So just keep that in mind. But stage one is you just open the doors and you do everything. You're the marketer, you're the sales guy, you're the cleaner, you're the widget producer, you're the, you know, whatever it is, you're literally doing everything, including taking out the trash and, and so on and so forth. Stage two is uh, you now have a helper um, or, you know, an employee or two where you're still doing a lot of uh, work on the job but more of your focus is on sales while you're on a job site, you're probably sitting in the truck responding, uh, returning phone calls and stuff like that while you're, uh, you know, your employee or two is doing the, doing the work. Um, stage three, which is where I think I'm at right now. And I think it's kind of where Dave is too, is the, uh, let's call it the general manager stage, like what Dave said. So now you're not necessarily doing the things you're, you're managing the things. So like Dave has an office manager. I don't right now. I did, but I don't anymore. But so Dave has an office manager. Um, he's probably, are you doing sales or do you have salespeople? Uh, salesperson? Uh, one, one sales time. And then, and then I'm doing it as well. Okay. So he's got a salesperson. He's got uh, uh, obviously technicians and an office manager. So now Dave's responsibility is to uh, make sure that those people are doing their jobs. And then, um, and then uh, stage four is just kind of the next step, which is you now have managers managing people. You've grown so much now. So at stage four, um, you can probably work about, you know, uh, half a day a week because you've got people doing the work and you need to come in and, and make sure your, your people are hitting their numbers, point, going the right direction, following the systems. Stage five is you've hired a, a, a full-fledged, you know, like CEO that's running the thing for you and you collect quarterly uh, distribution checks. So um, I've, I don't think I've ever actually ran through those things on my podcast, but uh, it's pretty good stuff. And, um, but yeah, that, I think it sounds like, would you say you're at three on that, Dave? Yeah, I'd say I'm like a three and a half maybe. I'm definitely not at four. And every week I get up on a Monday, I know that I'm responsible for making sure we're hitting our sales goals, whether I have a, helper rep helping me do quotes, but still that's, you know, your business as it's, a, as it's starting further to your last question, it, it needs its oxygen and yeah. it needs the sales. Not like, yes, it needs profit. It needs a lot of stuff, but to get it going, it's like, it's like water for fresh grass. It yeah. just need it. Uh, whatever that is, if that's 10 grand a week, five grand, 20 grand, whatever it is to hit your goal, mm -hmm. um, the sales is so vitally important. So I think yeah. that would be, be where I'm at right now, which is honestly like it, it, it's a good place to be in. And I think a lot of businesses land 
in this area because yeah, you're, you are off site, which a lot of owners want to be. Um, you don't have to be in the office all the time, um, but you're still responsible for booking the jobs and getting the sales, which, which comes with a fair bit of responsibility. If, if you're not landing the jobs, your guys don't have work. So um, it, it's still a pretty vital part of the business. So I'm, I'll get to a positive question, but let me ask a negative one first. Yep. What's your least favorite part of being an entrepreneur or a, a small service business owner? Man, I've never been asked that before. Um, and I, I would probably say probably the biggest one would be um, just the, the potential for swinging the rest of life out of harmony. That'd probably be the biggest mm -hmm. one. Um, what do you mean by that? I would say, you know, I don't want to say work-life balance because I think when the day you sign up to be an entrepreneur, you're signing up to be always on. Yeah. Rather than engine. Um, someone once said, I, I don't know, maybe it was even on your show, um, is that entrepreneurs don't feel high or low. We feel either like gas pedal, like momentum, or we feel brake, like lack of momentum. And that's what dictates our mood. So I think, wow. you know, I don't remember hearing that, but I can relate to that. I'm actually in the brake pedal, not feeling momentum stage myself right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Similar here, man. Like we had yesterday our slam tons of calls today. It's pouring rain couple issues on site our phone is slower i'm kind of like man like what's going on so you constantly ride this roller coaster of emotion that you bring to your office the job site you bring home um so i think i think that'd probably be the biggest one is just you wear this badge of an entrepreneur everywhere yeah. in life which i don't want that to be like my full identity although it is a big part of my life so that'd probably be you know, the biggest one to be aware of for guys getting into it is just, I wouldn't take it, take it lightly. Everybody can start up an Instagram page and be an influencer, but when it actually comes to doing the work and the thing with the entrepreneur, the business owner, you always need to have the answer. So your guys screw up on site you're going to be paying for it and like fixing it to deal with it. You, you can't really say to a client, you know, I don't know what to do. You do need to have a level of, uh, you know, professionalism and, and get stuff done. When you're an employee working in a company, you can generally have someone else deal with something. Yeah. Not, not always, but. You no, know, you but it's a very, yeah, you can though, for the most part, like, and you're also, it's easier to, to, unplug or or you know shut off the care switch you know um it's five o'clock i'm i'm done i'm out where when uh you know when it's your own own business it's like it doesn't matter if it's sunday fun day if things aren't going well you know on sunday you're you're thinking about the upcoming friday and payroll you know yeah. and, and sunday may not be so much of a fun day <laughs> on some weeks as a result of that so yeah and, and you feel that responsibility. It's a heavy burden. I think, it's, you know, you know as well as anyone when you have a reputation like you do online with your service company. Uh, we had a guy yesterday email us. He goes, um, your crew's running late. Where are they? If they don't show up, I'm going to write you a bad review. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, 
we and called them back like the crew's coming this time and just like you're almost at this heightened state where your whole business is out to the world and one little screw up opens you up someone could like throw a jab in and that that actually creates some pressure too because we you know, worked three three years to get ranking on Google and Homestars and Facebook and we're doing our best. But you know, the, those one-off clients are just like, man, they do kind of hold you by the balls a little bit. They could get you. It's, it's funny. I'm kind of the opposite of you now. Now, not, I wasn't always like this. I was probably worse than like, like more extreme on the other side before. But um, like, I remember my first non five-star review. I was actually, I was setting in the uh, kind of a outdoor setting area in the convention room area, the huge convention in Atlanta uh, two years ago, which is going to be in Atlanta. Uh, by the way, you need to go to the huge convention. It's awesome. I'm going to be talking there, guys. Uh, check it out. Go to thehugeconvention.com. I don't get paid to do that. It's worth going to. Um, but anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to some friends, just like people like you, you know, so some, some other people that, I, that I've associated with online where we're all just sitting around, just, you know, shooting the shit. And, and uh, I get a notification on my phone. I pull it up. And it's like, oh, you got another review. And I'm like, yes, I love reviews. And it was a three-star review. And man, it ruined me for about an hour. I, and normally it would have ruined me for more than that, but I was like really trying to get out of it because we were there at the convention. But I'm like, that son of a bitch. You know, I was so angry. It bugged me so much. The last time, and this has actually been some months ago, it was probably, you know, so this is, we're in June now, June 2nd. This was probably back in November. Um, I had a guy, uh, he, we talked on the phone and he was just being a royal douchebag. And then it went to a couple of text conversations back and forth. And, and I'm not going to go into the details. He was out of line. He was out of line. He didn't like something. I was, you know, well, how would you like me to fix it? I'll do this, 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 this. He was just being a total dick. Sorry. I should have, I didn't mean to say that guys, even though we are rated explicit here at the JNE podcast, but he was just, he was a jerk. And, um, he threatened me in text. He goes, I'm going to leave a bad review for you. So I just went, got on Google, found the link to re review. And I sent him the text and I said, please do it right now while it's fresh on your mind. And I'm like, bro, I'm not going to be held uh, hostage anymore for this stuff. But um, I, 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 and then I, it dawned on me. I remembered that time back at the huge convention. And I'm like, this used to eat my lunch and I'm begging this guy. <laughs> I'm like, just do it, man. I don't care. And uh, it's kind of freeing. It's kind of, you should try it, Dave. You should, you should yeah. piss someone off on purpose just to get a bad review. And trust me, it's just so liberating. How did you, um, question for you, how did you um, pivot your mindset with that to be okay with that? Well, I would like to tell you that I've grown as a person and I'm just, you know, more at one with, myself and the world and nature and everything. Um, that's probably not completely true, but, uh, there's two things. The first one is I have come to realize that, uh, a, ba a bad review or two, you know, or three, you know, unless you only have three, right. A bad review or two, it's not gonna, I don't think it's going to negatively impact you at all. I like, I really don't, you know, I, I uh, if you got a 4.5, a 4.7 rating or something like that, you're, that's a, people are really impressed with that. I know like when I'm looking at services and products, if it's a four or better, 
I'm thinking, okay, this is a solid company if they have any amount of reviews. So one, I did just kind of realize, ah, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, Cause what I do whenever I look at companies, I first look at how many reviews they have. Then I look at what their rating is. And then I filter for the worst reviews. And I, I go to see a, what those are because they're usually kind of nuts and then B how the owner responded. And if the owner responds with ownership, yep, we screwed up. Sorry about that. I'm like, Hey, that's a good company, you know? So, um, and I think most people are probably like that. The second thing, and this is really the bigger one. This is where I'm really not a big person. I just, you know, I've got almost 500 five-star reviews. So I'm like, screw you, buddy. Give me a one star. You're not going to hurt me. <laughs> not going to touch the algorithm yeah, that, at that level. So that, I kind of ruined all that growth and personal development with that last yeah. little phrase there. But yeah, but, no, but the, I think the moral of the story is this, and, and this is probably, and this goes way beyond reviews, but you know, um, make sure you're you, you, you're not just beating the opponent, but you're beating the refs, you know? And so, you know, you've got to be really far ahead, whether it's your, you know, your P and L or whether it's reviews or whether it's um, your uh, employee relations, you know, you need to have a really big account balance wherever you're at. So that way, whenever you do get hit with the withdrawal, it doesn't, doesn't crush your or pitch negative. You know? yeah. I really like that, man. That's really, uh, really good of you it sounds uh mature and i think i like as owners i think it's just our ego getting in the way of like oh are we a, a four point this or four point that you're right if anything is hovering around four we're probably going to go there to eat or pick up a pizza or try it yeah um, and, and it is human nature i do the same thing filter by lowest uh mm -hmm. or lowest ratings it's kind of I think humans are wired to want to see the drama and read about the worst stuff. Yeah. So it makes you look human too. And the, uh, you know, Oh, okay. I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, I don't really know if this is the truth. I'm, I believe that it is because I've heard some credible people say it, but from what I understand, like I've got a five point overview mm -hmm. and so I've been told if you look at a company that has a 5.0, that's actually less appealing or convincing than if you, I think it was like a four point, I said 4.5 earlier, but I think it was like a 4.7 and a 4.8 um, are the best from a psychological perspective for people that looking into you is actually better than a, than a 5.0. And um, you know, so it's like, uh, which I don't think having a 5.0 hurts you, it's just no. probably not as good, you know, as, as the other, you know, but I, you know, like I've been accused of buying reviews and stuff like that, you know, before. And I'm like, well, I get that, you know, I get it. But, uh, the reviews I buy, they're really expensive. So I feel it's completely ethical that I did. So, um, that's I, a joke. I, that was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I like checking in on yours, man. Sometimes I just Google your service area and pressure washing to see how far ahead you are of, of competitors. I actually like I do that about 10 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Google review nut. I love reading for now that it even filters on, you know, rate known for friendliness, professionalism. It's amazing seeing those keywords that we actually share them with our team and say, you know, these are common words that are coming up in, in reviews. It's, it yeah. all that is cool, isn't it? That is yeah. cool. Yeah. The, um, 
how many reviews do you have, Dave? We have, so we have two um, kind of locations. We have like a north and south. So um, combined, we have 225 wow. or so, somewhere in there. Um, That's impressive, yeah. And, and again, there, there's Are three. they spread out pretty evenly or is one heavier than the other? One's heavier. One has almost like 190 and the other has, uh, I think, around 30. So. so your small one has more reviews than most most companies, your little one, yeah. 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 And, and we have some big franchise competitors here who have a similar amount to us. I think at the end of the day, people are searching the keywords, their, their service area, and it's just filtering. All you want is a phone call. They're, they're phone call generators. So mm -hmm. a homeowner is going to call the four, they're going to call the five, the 4.6, whatever it is. So I think as long as you're up there, you're, you're going to get the call. Let's, let's talk about reviews a little more here for a second. Now, before we do, I'm going to give a, a little interjection, a little commercial here. Uh, guys, just like I said, I've got almost 500. We actually have slowed down a little bit this year, uh, which is my fault, you know, which is a lesson on systems that we can talk about another time. But a system doesn't mean you never touch that part of your company again. It just means that you have a, a standard operating procedure on how things get done. But um, you know, I think we've only generated, I think we've done less than a hundred reviews this year so far. Um, I think we came into the year. Uh, maybe we had, I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's not, the point is we've slowed down a little bit, but it's because of, of a leadership issue for me, you know, not staying on top of it, but we've still kicked butt, you know, us slowing down, we've done really well. And, and I don't say that just to, um, just to pat myself on the back, but to say, we, I do know what I'm talking about. You know, there's a science to it. We don't get reviews just because we're better. I think we do some things that ultimately lead to an amazing customer experience, um, but we don't necessarily clean things better. We don't necessarily have a better product. We probably have a product that's just as good when we're talking about the cleaning or the paper ceiling or the this or the that. But what we do is, A, we have a very detailed script on how we ask for the reviews. We ask seven times and we tie a bunch of little things in all the way from the very first phone call that the customer makes to the to, to us all the way to the very very end and the um the reason i'm saying all of that is because i'm giving you a commercial right now i've got a course it's called the new entrepreneurs toolkit okay um it's coming uh it's it's uh you know, retail right now on nobitchzone.com. And it, that toolkit walks you through how we went from zero to $20,000 a month in revenue. We achieved that in just eight months, but I was like figuring it out as I was going. Like if I could go back in time, I think I could do it in three months. And I think you could do it in three months if you're in a market that could support it uh, with just the information that's in the toolkit. So I highly, highly, highly urge you guys to check it out. And I'm going to put myself on the spot right now. I was not planning on doing this. Okay. I'm going to do an event and I'm going to do it before the end of July. So it's June 2nd today. So I'm going to find uh, probably like a weekend at the, the end of July and I'm going to do an event. It'll probably be like a day and a half type of thing. And I don't know how big it's going to be, but basically I'm going to take like, you know, the price of the toolkit and say, that's what the event costs. And anyone that comes gets the course. And what I'm going to do at the event, it's really going to be really simple is you're going to spend an entire day with me and we're going to be in a, in a classroom 
and you're not just going to get to get the, the course and go through it yourself, but I'm going to teach everything. So you're going to get more because, you know, you can only put so much in a course. I'm going to teach everything and you're going to get, get all of that. Plus the ability to do questions, answers, uh, we'll be able to workshop on things specific in your business. It's only going to be sales, marketing, leadership, you know, uh, we can talk P and L stuff like that. Uh, I'm, you're not going to learn how to pressure wash stuff. You're not going to learn how to clean roofs. It's only going to be stuff like that. So, uh, I, I, the tail end of that commercial, um, I don't know if I'm, if one person's going to want to do it at all. Um, I don't know if a hundred people are going to want to do it, but I've, it's something I've been wanting to do. So I don't know what we're going to call it. I'll come up with a name soon, but it's going to be here in Orlando. It's going to be at the end of July. And, um, there's many people that want to come. So if it's, if it's zero or, or 10 or 20 or whatever, I'm looking forward to it. So check it out. Um, and it's basically just going to be the price of the toolkit and then you get to come to the event. So that's pretty cool too. And I just wanted to throw that out there in the world because I've been wanting to do it and I've been too scared to announce it. So Dave. Right, man. I, I would say for people to go to that, I mean, the, the thing is you're crafting the course for your own self three years ago. You know, what does yeah. Bob had when he got started? Yeah. And if you can, Biggest success tip number one, if you can, the, to shortcut your way to success, you find out who's already done what you want to do and go get around. So yeah. that, I think they'd be foolish to not take you up on that. And two, you're right by, uh, is it Disney World? Disney World. Yeah, no, Disney World is 15 minutes that way. I don't know if it's going to be, no, it will be open by the end of July. Actually, it'll be open. Well, there, so yeah. There you go. If, if you're not enough, go for, go for that experience. Go for Mickey too. Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then of course, like some of my listeners, I've got, um, like I've got a, a guy that's become a good friend of mine, Seamus Parrish. And Seamus is, um, it's cool. What I like about him is he and I are a little different. He's, he walks the straight and narrow, you know, and, and I don't necessarily, you know, he's, he's uh, a good, wholesome man that has, you know, some, some, you know, good, strong religious beliefs. And, but that doesn't, what I love about him is it doesn't keep him from loving me, even though I'm a little rough around the edges. But Seamus probably isn't going to want to go out that night if he were to come. I'm not, Seamus, I'm not presuming you're coming. You probably won't because you already have the toolkit. But, uh, but he may not go out and have some beers with me that night. And that's cool. And that's awesome. But for those of you that come that want to, we'll hit the cigar bar. We'll go to Disney Springs. We'll have some drinks. And if we have to Uber, we have to Uber. It'll be fun. So um, it'll be good stuff. I love it, man. I even see what you're doing on your YouTube channel. You know, this, you're getting a, such a good following there. And I think for... If we had that, you know, we kind of had that, I guess, through Josh Latimer a little bit, mm -hmm. but just it, it, there's a the big gap in the market, I find, for not teaching what you said, the pressure washing, the, the technical stuff, but actually teaching the meat and potatoes, the marketing, the business operation systems. That's what people need to need to do. Um, and, and just cause I did a business degree doesn't mean I I'm fit to operate a business. It's a completely different set of skills that you need to learn. Yeah. yeah. Well, what the business degree probably gives you a lot of the, 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 the information. And then I think there's just wisdom that you need to gain along the way to go with it. And they're both very, very important. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. I'd say if I'm a hundred percent where I am today, I would literally say 80% is from the, the boots on the ground, learning door yeah. knocking doing quotes, screwing stuff up and 20% is the head knowledge. Like it, you can definitely get by and hack your way along without the head knowledge. So, um, yeah. So, so let's do that. Let's go back to reviews for a second. Cause I actually, one thing I've found, and it's one of the reasons I kind of 
I don't put out as much content on the podcast here as I should. And I get a lot of people that'll message me and they'll be like, Bob, why are you being a bitch? Stop, you know, not doing this thing. And it's weird. And so like internally, I, we're coming back to Google reviews. But the reason I don't talk about some basic things like that very often is I'm like, well, I've talked about it before. And then I feel like, you know, but I, I got to remember that there's new, uh, there's new listeners that don't necessarily listen to all the old ones. Also, there's, um, you know, maybe if I talk about it a second time or a third time, we'll talk about a nuance that we didn't talk about the first couple of times. So, so that being said, back to the reviews. Um, when we started our business, so Caleb, you know, when I say we, I'm referring to my son, Caleb, who's pretty freaking awesome. If I'm just being honest, I mean, I want to murder him about eight times a week, but, but he's still pretty awesome. Um, we, you know, there was a few things that we said, and one of them was, I said, Caleb, we did not start a pressure washing company. We started a sales and marketing company. We just so happened to be delivering pressure washing as our product. I think that was a big I think that mentality was probably the, the single biggest key to our early success. But then another thing that we focused on that I think also was a huge uh, component of our success was getting Google reviews right away. And like in our first month, you know, and we didn't have 20, but in our first month we probably had eight or so. You know, I mean, I, I don't really remember for sure, but I'm just like, it wasn't a crap ton, but we had had a little bit. And then it was like, by the end of month three, we had like more reviews than any of our competitors. And it was at that time, it was only like 30 reviews. Now, some of my competitors have like 80 reviews after now that I've been in the market for a little while, you know, but, but at the time, no one had more than 20. But the point being is we made a, made a, a purposeful, intentional, uh, effort at getting those reviews you've clearly done the same thing is there are there other where do you think that ranks for the new guy like how important are those google reviews let's say versus a referral because like a lot of people will say you know the referral um my thought is a referral gives me money once i mean obviously i could get another referral you know or lifetime value but i get money once a review is going to give me money basically forever every time someone ever so i actually value the review over the referral because I, I i think that review is going to give me far more referrals than just one person's name 100 percent, man we're, we're actually struggling with that and that's why i did this exercise like i talked earlier in the episode of our vip clients and lifetime value what we're finding is we're almost overloading our crews when they finish the job the, the most important time is the bookends of anything when you meet someone when you say bye same with the crew the crew rolls in you know meet at the door you've talked about this lots of times mrs smith we have two goals for today walk them through what you're going to do do the cleaning then on the exit we ask so much of our guys you know we want to be doing uh the walk around make sure no tools are left behind get a collection of, of credit card uh email out the invoice do your five rounds put up the little stake sign um, you know, ask for a review. Don't forget to ask for a referral. Like there's just the yeah. human brain can only take, there's no priorities in life. It's priority. What is the one thing? And so we want our guys, we incentivize them. Uh, they get their hourly pay and then they get their bonus just on quality. Did we get a five star or we're on home stars in Canada as well? 10 out of 10. So did you get a 
perfect rating. If so, boom, you get review bonus pay. So I, I would say for guys starting up, this is literally our strategy as of this morning. We ask for a review. Great. We give them a tag on Jobber. We call it a review tag. And then for future opportunities as we service them, they get into the VIP funnel, then we'll ask for referrals. Because we've had the problem, call it a problem, but you service someone with Gmail twice, they already wrote your review. When they go to write another review, their old one comes up and they yeah. just catch it. And I'm not a Google scientist. I'm not on staff there. I don't know if that helps or not, but I would rather just have what you said, park that review online for life and yep. then go back for round two. Let's talk about referrals. You know, yeah. the biggest compliment you can give our family business is a referral to neighbors, friends, family. Um, you already hooked us up with a review. You know that you, you know, the client loves our company. Who is there in your network? We could, you know, also get a quote. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Dave, I need to transition. Um, you know, we actually got cut off on the first podcast we did. And uh, I never got to ask you this, but I need to transition to probably the most important thing um, I've ever asked a guest. Uh, let's say you're stuck in an arena. Okay. Um, big arena, you know, uh, back in the olden days, you know, you're, you're a gladiator. Okay. And you don't have any weapons. You just, you, you, you do get a helmet though. You get a helmet. You're in the Roman Colosseum and there's, there's two gates. There's a gate over there and there's a gate over there. And the emperor, he stands up, you know, the Caesar and says, all right, Dave, this door over here, there's a horse sized duck. That door over there, there's a thousand duck-sized horses. Choose the opponent or opponents that you want to fight to the death. What's I've never heard this one before. <laughs> First of all, I'm glad I got a helmet because I have a history of um, concussions that put, pushed me into business, actually, and out of soccer. So that's a side note. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. I'm glad I have a helmet. I would 100% take... Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I would take the horse-sized duck. And oh my god, it. you're gonna kick me off the podcast now. Yeah, but I will tell you why. Is this? I, I know why. You you just told us why. It's all those concussions you've got in the past. That's that's the problem. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I um I I'm a bigger guy like you, you know, and so pairing that up with my my love for simplicity. I get tunnel vision. And if I'm focusing on a thousand of these things running around, I'm going to be no match for them. If I'm going one-on-one, just one mission to accomplish, that's going to be going to set me up better for success. Hmm. That's what I'd I'd vote for that. See, I can't focus on one thing at a time. So I think that's why I would flourish with all those ducks. But I've been thinking about my strategy or all those little horses. All right, Um, let's hear well, I think all I'm going to do is I'm just going to lay on the ground and then just start rolling. And cause I, you know, I, I'm down a little bit, but I, I weigh 255, you know, I weigh 255 pounds. I'm just going to roll. I'm going to kill but every roll. That's about 12 dead horse sized ducks or duck sized horses. So hold on. Let me do some math here real quick. Hold on. So what's a thousand one zero 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 divided by 12. 
That's 83 rolls. Now, I'm, I'm not, well, 83.333 repeating, you know. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm not in good shape. But I know if I went out here in the street, I could roll 83 times before I stopped. I'd, a, I'd be sore just from the impact, you know, when your shoulders hit every time. And I'd probably be a little out of breath. My abs would probably be sore because, again, I just don't work my abs or anything, which is very evident. I, Candace, I know Candace is going to be like, obviously, he doesn't work his abs. But um, if you guys don't know, Candace is just an extremely mean listener on the podcast. He, he chirps um, you all the time, man. What's that? He chirps you all the time. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, I think I could do it 83 times. They're all dead. And you're over there. I mean, you're risking your life with this. I mean, he can literally fit your whole head in his bill and then just snap your neck. I don't know. So much for my helmet protecting my head, eh? Yeah, what right? Done. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I don't respect your strategy, but I respect the fact that you played the game, and, and I do appreciate that. Well, um, don't, do, don't most of your guests choose the horse-sized duck? Most I, of I them? Yeah. Early on, it was kind of like half and half, and then something happened, and I just started picking a lot of like really bad people that started picking the the horse all the time or the big duck all the time. The last thing, man, you said a, a thousand duck sized horses. If you said a hundred, I would probably side with you, but just the sheer number of a thousand of something kind of scares the crap out of me. You can't you can't roll over eighty three times. Come on, man. This would be 8.3 of the 100. <laughs> so, listen, uh, Dave, I, I have a great deal of respect for you. I, I wish um, – we don't talk much, but, like, I, I just – I think we would be really, really good friends if we lived close to each other. You know, I really do. Yeah. And every time I go to Epcot and I walk through Canada – I think of two people. I think of you and I have a buddy named Eric Kelly that actually lives pretty close to you as well. The guy's a beauty too, man. He become friends with him too. Oh, have you? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You, yeah. you actually helped link us up, I think at Responsicon. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. One thing I wanted to say too, while we're on the pump ups is literally yesterday, my crew leader um, sent me over on Slack, our, our channel for our mm -hmm. team sent me a link to your video Bobby, that was um, one of your training videos on how you set up your soft wash system. Oh, and really? Sent me, oh, I found this sweet channel like it was this new revelation. And I, was said, <laughs> I said, LOL, that's my buddy, Bobby, and I'm on his podcast tomorrow. So he's pretty stoked to listen to this chat, too. That's cool. Well, I tell you, Dave, um, I've always liked that guy. I've always liked that guy. And, uh, you, uh, you owe him a raise. So I'll let him know his name's, his name's Blair. So he's a beauty as well. Blair. Right. Hey, shout out Blair. So, um, well, listen, man, um, I, I appreciate everything. I know the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. Uh, guys, Dave's just an awesome, awesome dude. Um, I don't believe Dave, you don't do any sort of coaching and stuff like that. Do you, or, or do you, I don't know. Not, not formally. I mean, it's on the docket uh, similar to you, Bobby, we have shiny object syndrome. We're chasing a million things. So I'd like to do something more in the, in our off season, but for now I'm just focused on, uh, on the home service cleaning full steam ahead. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, guys, he's a cool dude. 
for him on Facebook, he might accept it. He might not. I don't know. That's up to him. But uh, you're a lucky person if he does. And um, man, thanks so much. I'm glad we got to redo this one. I felt terrible. I also deleted, uh, I don't know if you know Jay and Jessica Murphy. They were my, you know, you may have been the first. I can't remember if you were episode one or episode two, to be honest. I don't recall. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what? Hold on. Before before I log off, I hope yeah. you're episode one. Let me see if I still have the record here. Yeah, check it out. Podcast, because if you were, how cool would that have been? Um, uh, I don't have it in. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know. I yeah. uh, I wish I could, but but anyway, it's still neat. You mentioned it. It was like you were there at the beginning of the journey, and yeah. the cool thing is, uh, I still think this whole thing is, is still the beginning. You know, someone said, commented on one of my YouTube channels. They said, you've been doing this for three years. You're not a new entrepreneur. And I'm like, I think you're full of crap. I, <laughs> I think, I think I'll feel like I'm not a new entrepreneur probably around year 30. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm, 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 I've done a thing or two, you know, but it's just, uh, every day I, every day I feel like I, um, was so stupid yesterday, if that makes sense. Man, and that's the beauty of the journey. It shows that you're always growing, you know, for, for that guy to say, what do you expect? You arrive after three years and you're now the established entrepreneur way up on high. Like, I think keeping that posture of humility and always learning, that's why you keep accelerating and going where you are. It's entrepreneurship's just building a snowball, man, one day at a time. You're just yeah. a little bit more every day. Yeah. Well, listen, dude, thank you so much. I, uh, I hope you, uh, we actually didn't even get into it, but I hope you're coming out of the COVID thing if you haven't already and, uh, hope you kick some major ass this year and, uh, stick around. I want to chat at you just for a bit before we sign off, but for all my listeners out there, first off, uh, well, for those of you that aren't jerks, love you. I, I appreciate the support. Uh, I just, the fact that people listen to this, it does something for me. It makes me feel good. And I really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you've listened this far, I'm just going to assume you're, you're an actual fan. Uh, let me ask you a favor. I could use some reviews on iTunes. I haven't got very many lately. I've got a couple, but, uh, could use some more reviews on iTunes. Here's the deal. I only accept fives or ones. Don't give me a two through a four. If you give me a two through a four, you have no conviction and you're a bitch. Give me a five or give me a one. I just want to review. <laughs> so anyway, guys, remember, if you're not doing the things that you want to do in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing them, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.